This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. So good to see all of you today. Glad you can be with us. We especially want to welcome everyone that's watching uh, via the internet, either through Facebook or YouTube. We're glad you can be with us here today as well. You know, the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made for us to do what? Rejoice. To rejoice and to be glad in it. Hallelujah. And so even if it is, I don't know, however crazy cold it is, what is it, 11 below or 9 or whatever? It's cold. How many of you know it's cold? Uh-huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's, uh, well, this too shall pass. That's my word to you today. Uh, that just means that maybe next week it'll be warmer. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, we can all look forward to that. Maybe get rid of some snow. How many of you like to get rid of some snow? How many of you don't really care? You know, well, okay, yeah. If you've got a big spot, it don't really matter, you know. You just kind of push it out of the way and go for it, right. Amen. Well, Joe, bring a Bible with you this morning. Let's open our Bibles together. Wait a minute. There's a few other things I was supposed to talk to you about first. Um, <clears throat> our marriage, uh, I don't know what you call it, an advance or weekend or whatever. Huh? Weekend? You like weekend? Okay. My wife and I, we had, uh, you pray for us because we, we, we were at odds on the way to church today. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Highway 6 is a little sketchy, you know, so uh, you might want to go home on 92, maybe that's better. <laughs> but she didn't think that I had an appropriate speed. Imagine that, <laughs> that I didn't have an appropriate speed coming to church. She said, well, you know, there's no fire, you know, do we have to go that fast? But, you know... I kind of just thought it was, you know, appropriate. yeah, appropriate. There you go, Jerry. The speed was appropriate. But uh, so, <clears throat> what we discovered in this conversation while we were on the way to work, or I mean, church, <laughs> yeah, while we're here is is that <clears throat> when when there's a need in her life, it's a one-way conversation. That's what I've discovered. You know, in other words, is that the way you would put it? Not at all. Well, anyway, you know, I mean, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to her, but she, well, yeah, so anyway. But we, we made up. It's all good. You know, it's Valentine's Day. You've got to make up, right? I don't know that we really got that far down the road anyway, did we? I was what? Rolled right off me. Yeah, that's right. Actually, well, never mind. I don't need to argue the point. You know, it's just kind of the way it went down. There's, there's, there is no win in this deal, so let's just stay out of it, shall we? Praise God. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, so anyway, I was talking about marriage <laughs> and uh, our retreat, or you know, whatever you call it, conference with Joe McGee is coming up here in just a couple weeks now. So I want to make sure that you get registered. It'll be a wonderful time, and, and you know, it's, a, it's an exceptional opportunity, really, for you to be able to grow. And this particularly, I mean, if you, if you know of people that are proposed in marriage and things like that, uh, they should come. It'd be a great foundation for them to begin establishing their relationship with one another on. But uh, So make sure that you get signed up. You can do that by going to uh, myfc.info. And uh, you can participate in that re in that way, and then um, 
make sure you do it because, like I said, we're going to have a great time together. We're going to have a good meal, and uh, then we'll have uh, uh, some ministry that Friday evening. Then Saturday, we have two sessions to talk about marriage. And uh, how many of you know God ordained marriage? And I tell you what, he's got it figured out. Hallelujah. Isn't that good to know? You know, we may not, but he does. And, uh, you know, he was talking, you know, in the creation of man, he said, it's, it's really not good for a guy to be alone. Uh, so I'm going to make him somebody that can help him out. Hallelujah. How many of you men are glad for that? Amen. <laughs> About six of you. But, <laughs> you know, okay. Well, anyway, <clears throat> uh, I, I, you know, I mean, praise God for the single life. I think that if, that, if you're happy with all of that, uh, but I, sh- I sure am glad, praise God, that God had an idea for a man and a woman. So anyway, make sure that you get signed up for that and you'll be blessed uh, as a result of that anyway. So I got that cared for. Now, now we can go ahead and receive our offering this morning. I want to talk to you a little bit about this, though. Um, you know, so very often uh, uh, I... Uh, use the scripture in the book of Proverbs about honoring the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. And it says, so shall your, the promise is, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats will burst out new wine. So it just, it, 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 it represents and illustrates a picture of uh, supply, resource, and blessing when we honor the Lord. And there's a story I want to read, and, and if you'd like, you're welcome to uh, 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 look at it here in 2 Kings chapter 4 um, that, that illustrates this point. And uh, how many of you know God's Word's true? And how many of you realize He wants to bless your life? He really does. You know, but of course, we've got we to gotta cooperate with Him in terms of what it is that uh, he's prescribed. And in uh, 2 Kings 4, this is a little bit of a reading here, but I, I think it's, uh, it has value. It says that uh, there cried a, a certain woman of the wives of the son. Oh, sorry, we got to go down. Verse 8, sorry, chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, and it fell on a, a day, a certain day, that Elisha, now you remember Elisha was the prophet to follow Elijah, so he, he stood in his stead when Elijah uh, passed away and went home. So Elisha passed through uh, Shunem, and there was a, uh, the, the King James says there was a great woman. Some of your Bible translations will say there was a wealthy woman. She, she was of uh, uh, significant resource. And she constrained Elisha uh, <clears throat> to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he went by or passed by that he turned thither to eat bread. And she said to her husband, she said, I perceive that this guy is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. So let's make a little chamber or let's build onto the house, you know, I pray thee on the wall and let us, let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and candlestick. And, and it shall be that when he comes to us, that he'll have a place basically to turn into. And so it fell on that day that he came hither and turned into the chamber and lay there. And then it said, Gehazi, he said to his uh, servant, Gehazi, call that woman, the Shunammite. 
And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said, uh, and he said unto him, Say now to her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us in all of this care to do what it is that you've done, and uh, what shall be done for thee? Uh, would, it, would you like for me to speak to the king or the captain of the host? And she says, I, I dwell with my own people. So I want you to, let's just stop there and think about this scenario for a little bit. Evidently, uh, it was uh, the prophet's habit to pass by this woman's uh, residence and place of living and things of that nature. And she somehow or another had come into contact with him. And, uh, you know, she talked to her husband. She said, you know what? We need to do something here. I, I perceive this guy as a man of God. So let's, let's, let's make a place for him. You know, let's build onto the house and we'll make a room there and make sure that it's furnished and everything and to make him as comfortable as possible so that whenever he passes by, he can stay here. You know, now, there wasn't anybody that told the woman to do this. I mean, she just recognized that here was someone who was called of God that was, you know, passing through and she wanted to bless. And evidently, the husband said, yeah, go for it, you know. So they build on and, of course, he used it well. <clears throat> Then, you know, uh, Elisha realizes her kindness, and actually he referred to it as, you know, concern or care for us. He says, what, what can I do for you? And she says, I dwell among my own people. In other words, dude, everything's fine here. You know, it's, it's well with my soul. Let's, let's put it that way. And so, in other words, the point that I want to make in this is, is that what she did for this man of God had no pretense whatsoever. It was simply a kindness from her heart to be a blessing to this person. How many of you know that when we do that with the right motive, that there's blessing that comes back to us? So the prophet asked, her, asked Gehazi, which was his, his servant, uh, to find out what it is that she needs. Now let's, let's go on reading here for just a little bit here. Notice it says, um, um, in verse 13, she says, you know, all of my needs are met. Verse 14, he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, and he said, well, she has no child, um, and her husband is old. And so he called, uh, he said, he told Gehazi, he says, call her. And when, she, when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord. Uh, thou man of God, do not lie unto your handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bare a son. Uh, evidently, he didn't lie about it. At the season that Elijah said unto her, according to the time of life. Now, the reason that I bring this up to you is, is that, you know, I've said before, you know, God honors those who honor him. And when I made reference to the thing about giving and receiving, the Bible says that we're to honor the Lord with our substance. And um, with the first fruit of our increase, it, it promises that when we do that, our barns will be filled with plenty. How many of you like to see your barns filled with plenty? Amen. Now, here's the thing you need to understand in that. It, it really, it, it takes faith to participate in, in this. In other words, what I'm saying is, is that you have to believe that his promise is true. My wife and I started tithing when we were actually before we were married and while we were married and young, and we didn't have a lot of income. I mean, it was, it, we had some really lean years, but we decided, praise God, that we were going to keep this commitment or this covenant with God, and, and we were going to give him the first fruit of our increase, and so we did that. And, you know, again, <clears throat> 
It doesn't happen. You know, so many times people want everything to happen just so quick, you know. But you know what? It's, it's your believing in what it is that he said and your steady, regular practice of it that causes the blessing to come to your life. There'll be seasons in your life that, you'll, that God will bring blessing to you that you hadn't even expected, and all of a sudden here it comes. And it's because of our honoring him, you know. You know, in Malachi, when he was talking about it, he said, um, well, they, they, were, they were off the rails, but he said, you know, will a man rob God? And they said, well, where have we robbed you? And he said, in your tithes and your offerings. He said, bring your tithe into the storehouse so that there's nourishment in the house. Can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't have this church? What if this church didn't exist? Well, you say, well, I'll go find another one. Well, you might do that. But I tell you what, I think that the feed, you know, coming out of the, the thing is pretty good right here. Amen? Not just for you, but for our kids and, and for those that, you know, are within our households. And, but if you don't, if there's no resource for that, it can't happen. You know, we're enjoying this, this facility. I mean, you know, people will walk in here at times and go, my Lord, you know. Well, they, they think it's a metal building. It's like some, well, they call it the Tin Temple. Hallelujah. You know, or whatever they call it. But, you know, when you come in, you find out, you know what, this is pretty nice digs. Well, that didn't just happen. Somebody ponied up. In other words, they decided that they were going to honor the Lord with their substance and first fruits of their increase. And not only that, but gave offerings. Hallelujah. And so we're blessed. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you, and I, and I say it, I speak from, from a person as of experience, that when you bless the Lord in your faithfulness and giving to him, I will guarantee you it will come upon you and overtake you. It'll bless you. Amen. How many of you believe that? So the ushers are in the aisle, of course. They've been there, <clears throat> excuse me, for a little bit. If you need an envelope for your giving, make your checks to Fellowship Church. But I encourage you to do the same thing that this Shunammite woman did because she unexpectedly, you know, God, God through the prophet wanted to do something for her. She said, I'm good. I'm blessed. But I tell you what, he gave her something that she could have never, ever been able to experience. Praise God, and it blessed her life. Now, that child did die. And the prophet came back and raised him up from the dead. You know, the devil likes to steal your, steal your blessing, but praise God, he can't. Amen? That's a whole other story. We won't get into that. But hold your offering up toward heaven, and let's give God a good offering today. Praise God. We love you, Father. We thank you for the privilege of being able to give into the kingdom of God. And as we gather in the name of Jesus, Father, it is without question our privilege to honor you today. So, Father, I want to thank you for blessing every home, every family. I want to thank you, Father God, for the that which you provide for them in ways, Father, perhaps that they don't even know about. But we just thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, Bob, they must have recruited you today, huh? huh? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. And he is so faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, so much of the time, and uh, it's true, I mean, especially within the culture that we live in, you know, that people don't realize, you know, sometimes, uh, and it's been said often, but I'll say it again, you know, God doesn't always pay up every Friday, you know. Well, I want my paycheck. Come on, Lord. But I tell you what, sooner or later, I said sooner or later, payday's coming. Amen. 
Praise God. You know, a lot of folk, they think they can get by with sin. Well, the Bible does say that sin has pleasure for a season. But then, <clears throat> you know, when that runs out, then you're in trouble. It's just like the devil. You know, you see all this uptick of everything's going on. You know what? He knows that his time and his days are numbered. And, uh, you know, praise God, payday's coming for him too, but it's not going to be good. Are you listening to me? But I tell you what, praise God, that which, is, which the saints, the believer awaits, is out of this world. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? The Apostle Paul said that this mortal must put on immortality. And when we put on immortality, then shall the word that is written or spoken say, death is swallowed up in victory. You know, the last thing to be put under our feet is death. We have a physical death to experience within our life, but that's only the passing from this life to the next. You know, it'd be like just walking through a door, hallelujah, into a whole complete new life, no devils, no you know, evil, no wrong, no nothing, just heaven. Hallelujah. And that's what the child of God has to look forward to. Glory to God. Amen. It's a pretty good deal. Huh? You'd think more people would take you up on it. Huh? But praise God. I tell you what, what a thing we have to look forward to. All right. Well, anyway, now let's, uh, let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians, the third chapter. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> if you've been with us in recent weeks, we've been talking about being established in Christ. How many of you know God wants you to be established? Now, let me give you some definition of what I mean by that. When, when I talk about being established, what I mean is to, to be strengthened and settled in him as a follower of Jesus. Are you listening to me? You know that you're not, you're not weak, but you're strong. In other words, you, you have conviction about you. There's, there's a certain you know, resolution or disposition, if you want to call it that, that you are his child, praise God, and that you love him with all of your heart. So you're settled, you're strengthened, matured, walking in the light of God's holy written word, being a person of strong faith. Did you know the Bible says to be strong in the Lord? You know, the Bible refers to Abraham who was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's hard for you to give glory to God when you're weak in faith. But thank God you don't have to be. Are you listening to me? Praise God. You know, when decisions or choices come our way, thank God we can have the, the character and the wherewithal to make the right choice, hallelujah, and glorify God. You know, those three Hebrew uh, boys, you know, when they were going to get thrown in the fire, praise God, they were strong in faith, giving glory to God. Didn't, I mean, in other words, there was, there was a resolve about them. They said, you know, we're not, we're not uh, uh, <clears throat> quick to answer in this matter, King. We're not going to bow. Well, you know what? Jesus showed up. How many of you know that when we obey God, Jesus shows up? Amen. And so it means to, again, be walking in, in the light of his holy word, being a person of strong faith and in, in Jesus and his promises. What do I mean by that? I mean, you trust him. You know, if the Bible, Jesus said a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How many of you know he said, it didn't say a new suggestion I want, I'd like to just propose? No, he said it's a new commandment that you love as I have loved you. 
You know, I mentioned to you about my wife and I when we were first married. Actually, before that, we made the decision we're going to obey Jesus and love one another. Huh? What's that mean? That means believing the best in every person. Amen? It, be- it means that our hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. How many of you have ever been discouraged in your married relationship? Don't hold your hand up. Sure, I mean, you know, there's been times when all of us, you know, we've had challenges and things like that. But God is faithful, and his word is true. Are you with me? And so as long as we, as we obey, as long as we act, as long as we say what it is that he would have us to say, bless God, he'll bring us through. Amen? That's trusting in him. But not only that, but being established in the word. In other words, knowing the truth. God doesn't want you to be a novice. You know, you become a lifelong learner when you receive Christ, and and he wants you to know the truth because that's what sets you free, and not tossed to and fro. Well, you know, what about you? I heard this. You know, this person's saying that, you know, and this and that and the other. God wants you to become grounded and settled in your own convictions. How many of you believe that? And you can do that. Praise God. And you certainly don't have to be tossed all over the place, you know, with all the conspiracy theories that come along. And there happens to be a lot of them right now. Come on. Hallelujah. But, but again, living by sound doctrine, rightly dividing the word of God, blessed and prosperous in your relationship with Jesus, having a personal relationship with Jesus. Everybody say personal. personal. Not one through your mom, not one, you know, through your spouse, but you have a relationship with him. Hallelujah. You say, I, I, I don't know how that works. I mean, how, how does that work? How does that work? Well, you can have a relationship with God through the word, and through prayer. Are you listening to me? And he said that he would come and make his abode in us and that he would manifest himself to us. But you know, if we don't, you know, make any kind of effort, I mean, you know, you've been in this situation before, you know, maybe you've come up to somebody, you know, and you want to engage them in conversation, but they obviously show no interest in you whatsoever. They got other things on their mind. They're someplace else, you know, and, and they're just not really. Well, you know, you don't get any warm fuzzy out of that, do you? Mind the right house? But, you know, if, they're, if they turn and they're engaged with you, you know, then, of course, naturally, you know, then there's this, this reciprocation in relationship. Well, that's what God wants. God wants to have a relationship with you, but, dude, you got your back turned to him. You know, and you're, you know, trying to do it vicariously through somebody else. That's not the way it works. How many of you are still glad you came this morning? I know it's cold outside. Hallelujah. And so it becomes important for us to have a personal relationship with him instead of, again, vicariously through somebody or something else. And then living free from sin. How many of you are glad to be freed from sin? Thank God the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. Glory to God. And so as we come to understand what that is, you know, and the thing about it is, is when I talk about being free from sin, I'm talking about free from sin of both the spirit and the flesh. You know, there are sins of the flesh and there are sins of the spirit. Did you know that? Huh? The Bible makes reference to it. I mean, we could pretty well identify the sins of the flesh. That's pretty apparent. But, you know, sins of the spirit are basically, they, they're embedded within the attitudes of people. Bitterness unforgiveness. Those are sins of the spirit. Are you with me? Anger. Uh, You know, there's a lot of descriptive different kinds of things like that. And God doesn't want us to live that way. How many of you know? How many of you know God does not want you to live (laughs) just being sour? 
I was going to say something else, but I changed it. Hallelujah. You know, what you, you don't have to go through life sour. You know what I mean by that? You ever run into anybody like that? Maybe, maybe, maybe you, well, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> you don't want you to be sour, man. Life's too short to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's that one uh, Sesame Street character? Oscar. Yeah. You know, and especially a child of God. I mean, come on, man. You've been redeemed. Jesus washed you in his blood. You ought to be excited about what it is God's done for you. Can you say amen? amen. So, you know, and that's a choice. It's a choice. Well, I can't help it. That's a lie. You know, you can be whatever it is that you want to be as far as your attitude. The Bible says, let this mind or attitude be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That means you have a choice. So you can be grumpy, you can be critical, you can be cynical, you can be all of those things, or praise God, you can choose to be happy. Hallelujah. You know, faith always has a good report. And so when we make up our mind and our hearts that we're going to obey God, then praise God, we don't entertain, you know, these kinds of things that many people do to where we're, you know, and it doesn't take long. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. All you got to do is get around somebody, you know what they've been thinking about. Huh? I mean, within five minutes or less, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just talking all kind of junk and you're just realizing, well, I know what they've been listening to or I know what they've been thinking about or whatever the case might be. Don't let the devil use your brain for a garbage can. Finally, brethren, whatever things are pure and lovely and honest and of a good report, think on these things. So you can, you have the, the choice and the ability. Everybody say, I can do this. Can do this. Yeah, man, I mean, you know, <clears throat> sometimes people, folks will say, well, you know, you just don't understand. You don't know what I'm having to go through. You don't know what I'm dealing with and, you know, all of these things. And, and that's probably true. But everyone has to deal with stuff, huh? And you can still praise God, have a good attitude because you believe God and you know, praise God, he's going to take care of you. Amen. Did you all find uh, Philippians chapter 3? It's been a while. You know, I, the, here's the thing. God, I believe with all my heart, in all of these years, these four decades, over four decades now, pastoring, ministering the Word of God, that God is calling the church and calling the child of God, the believer, up, higher, hallelujah, to a, to a better, blessed place. Glory to God. I mean, just getting saved was good enough, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're on this path or this journey or this road to better, you know, to better your life, to better your home, to better your family, to better yourself as a child of God as you walk in the light of his living word. Hallelujah. Everybody say better. I tell you what, God wants better for us. Amen? A better way of life and, and, and a life that is established you know, in Christ Jesus. In other words, I just want you to know that's what God wants for you. He don't want you, you know, tossed all over the place. My God, what are we going to do? You know, you're up today, down tomorrow. You know, you're, you know, <laughs> up, down, in, out. That's not God. But it can be different for you if you make it your purpose to completely or wholly follow the Lord your God. Hallelujah. You know, you think about uh, Joshua and Caleb. 
I mean, 12 men went out, they looked the land over, they all came back. The Bible says that they reported to Moses and, the, you know, the elders and things, and they said, uh, land that we went to, man, it's a great land. I mean, it flows with milk and honey, and, and I'm telling you what, it's everything that God said it would be, but there's giants in this land, there's walled cities, uh, there's all kinds of issues, there's enemies, they don't like us, and all of these things, and so we can't do this. And the Bible says that they brought up an evil report and it caused the heart of the people to melt. And then they got mad at the leadership. They got mad at Moses. They got mad at God, you know. They wanted to go back to where they, you know, had come from because they thought that was better. Last time I checked, when I got saved, back there is not better. Not to mention the fact that I'm not going to end up in hell because of the way that I lived and being alienated from the life of God. So that's, that can't be right. So what I have to do is I have to stand up into the middle of whatever it is that's going on in my life, and I've got to get this thing figured out. I've got to find out what God's plan is for my life. How many of you know you can do that? I mean, each and every one of us can do it because, praise God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we don't have to be on the back burner. We don't have to be, you know, on the outs. We don't have to be disqualified. Thank God we can get right into the middle of it. Glory to God, and we can have God's best. Well, Josh and Caleb said, let's go up at once. He, they, you know, Caleb, he, he stopped the whole thing because he could see what was going on. You know, when you get around people that talk ugly or talk negative and talk, you know, doubt and unbelief and that type of thing, they're not the people you want to hang with. And, and the reality is, is you better get them shut off in your life. Are you listening to me? You know, sometimes, you know, I mean, well, there's a lot of things I could say about this, but you get it. You know, you got to be careful about what it is that you accept or listen to. And you don't have to be adversarial. I mean, I run into circumstances all the time where there's people there talking ugly, you know, and they're, <clears throat> especially if they don't know who I am. You know, man, they, they go off, you know, but then when they find out I'm a preacher, then they get all sanctified and start talking like Boris Karloff or something, you know. <laughs> you know, it's weird, you know, it's just weird. Oh, preacher, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> but you know, one thing about when they discover that, at least they shut up. You with me? There's just, you know, uh, there's just a better way to live, you guys. Well, these two men, they said, you know, we, we can do it. Let's go. Now, everybody's seen the same thing, but there was only two guys out of the 12 that agreed that we got this. God's going to help us here. Amen? Now, here's the thing. The Bible does say that there was another spirit in Caleb. He had another spirit. And what I mean by that is, is he had the spirit of a conqueror. Well, the Bible says you're more than a, what? Conqueror, how? Through him that loved you. Hallelujah. So, you know, that's why playing, um, feeling as though you're a victim is so wrong and really demonic. It's demonic. You know, people say, well, I never get a fair shake and everybody's mistreating me and I don't do this and that and the other. And you see it proliferating through culture today that everybody, you know, is owed something and this and that and the other. And, I, and it's destroying people. That's all there is to it. Because I, it's, they're going to find out, people are going to find out that nobody owes you anything. Are you with me? You know, 
And, that, and, and you know, well, I don't know. Don't go there. Go back to Josh and Caleb. They had another spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, um, and here's the testimony. You know, <clears throat> they, it took them a long time to get into the land of promise because of the doubt and unbelief that was around them, 40 years. Well, when all those people died, then it was time to go in. And Caleb gave witness and testimony. He said, I was 40 years old. And five, I think, maybe, <clears throat> when the Lord sent us up there and I brought them word again, listen, as was in my heart. He said, we're well able to do this. Hallelujah. And, and the other thing he said is that I wholly or completely followed the Lord my God. So, you know, <clears throat> when you have a family situation, you know, maybe the family's just not hitting on all cylinders, you know, or, you know, there's a problem area. Don't be discouraged. Discouragement's from hell. What you want to do is you, want to, you just want to step back and say, let's think about this a little bit, and let's find out what God had to say about this. Praise God. He said that our house would be blessed. Amen? And that our children would be blessed. And all of the, you know, you just, I mean, you'd go through these scriptures, and then, and then you, would, you would lean and move up into the situation armed with what it is that God has promised and not what it looks like. Amen. Are you listening to me? Praise God. It didn't look like Abraham and Sarah was going to have a child, but guess what? Isaac showed up. Now, it took 25 years. You say, I ain't got that much time. Well, God knows how much time you have. Just put down your rocks a little bit here. I'm just talking. Hallelujah. You know, he knows exactly what's going on in your life. But he has to have you position yourself in a place of faith where you say, God, I trust you. This is not according to your will. I know as a, as a matter of, you know, the result or the manifestations of whatever's going on. So I'm going to look to you, Father. I want to thank you right now for your wisdom. I thank you, Father God, that you'll make a way where there is no way. I thank you, Father, that you will manifest yourself in this circumstance as is needed in my behalf because you love me. And I'm going to follow you. Hallelujah. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do the will of God. How many of you know it pays to obey God? Amen. So it's important uh, for us to understand that he has a better way of life for us. Now, I'm sure by now you found Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul is talking about his own experience and things. And um, um, let's start with, uh, well, let's start with verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or mature, but I follow after. Everybody say, I follow after. Yeah, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Did you know that God has a purpose and he has a plan for your life? You've been apprehended for a purpose. Amen. And so it's to be our pursuit and ambition to discover what that is and do it with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our mind. Some of you have been called, you know, to help, as we just got done talking about, financing the kingdom of God and financing the move of God, financing the gospel of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's put you in a position, so he, he's taught you how to handle money, you know, so that you have it, it doesn't have you. There are a lot of people in the church today, money has them. 
And they're just looking to see how big a pile they can make. Well, that's not the intent behind your being blessed. You're to be the conduit. You're to be the blesser, not the blessing, being blessed. You with me? Now, you're going to get blessed as a result of it. But, you know, praise God, God wants to use people, you know, to be able to do that. It may be in some other function, you know. Some people, you know, they just, they have all these maternal instincts. And I mean, when it comes to kids, I mean, they just, you know, they know how to do it. Huh? And the rest of us are going, hallelujah. Thank God for you. Are you listening to me? There's people, you know, that do different things, you know, and in, in, in various and different ways. So say, you know, God, what is it that you want me to do? It's not, you don't have any, there's no platform like, hey, look at me. Now you'll see that, you know, people say, well, you know, I've arrived, so you all worship me. I don't care about you. <laughs> I care about him. Am I in the right house? You know, it's important for us to understand. Find your place. Find your place. And, and be a blessing. Praise God. Pray and say, God, make me a blessing. Just make me a blessing. I don't need a platform to toot my horn. You know, most people, well, <laughs> you going there? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, a lot of folk, I mean, usually the people that end up on places, you know, to lead and do this and that and the other would rather do anything else. They run the other way. And then there are those. Now, I'm not talking about any of you or any of you that are out there. We're talking about all the others that might be out there. They look for a platform, and they want everybody to know, and they want to be seen. Well, guess what? If that's your intent, you're not going very far. Are you listening to me? When God called my wife and I to start this church, I said, surely there's somebody else you have in mind. Not only that, my real argument was is that the Methodists had already come through the community and did a survey to see whether or not people were interested in another church, and everybody said no. <laughs> so from my vantage point, we didn't need another church. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Don't promote yourself. Why am I talking about this? Bob, you okay? <laughs> Promotion comes from him. Amen. You know? But we do want to be faithful. And we want to do what he said. All right. I'm trying to read this verse of Scripture, and you guys keep interrupting me. Look with me again one more time here. Uh, in verse 12, not as though I had already attained or were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What's the next word? What is it? Forgetting. Forgetting what? Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things which are in front of me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Some of your translation, Bible translations will say the upward call. Remember when I said God wants to lift you up? Praise God. He's calling us upward, you know, forward, higher, 
you know, as people and as, as believers. So notice it says, forgetting the things that are behind, reaching forward to the things that are for, before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ. So let us, therefore, as many as be, the King James used the word perfect, more mature, be thus minded. You know, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. And thank God for his blood. Because his blood cleanses us from all sin. Aren't you glad for that? And you know, all of us have made mistakes. Any of you ever made a mistake? You know? And sometimes, you know, when it happens that we make mistakes in our lives, unfortunately, somehow or another, we tie ourselves to it, and we never seem to be able to get free from it. But the Apostle Paul gives us some really good advice here. He says, I don't think I've arrived, but there is one thing that I do. I forget about that, and I move towards that. And, you know, you may be here this morning. And you may find yourself in that very place. You know, life wasn't necessarily fair. You made some bad decisions, bad choices. Maybe somebody did you wrong and, you know, you got yourself in a place where maybe you don't even know how you, how you even got there. But I'm telling you what, God has a plan for your life and it's not you looking in the rearview mirror about what didn't go right back then. Some things you can't change about your past. They're to be regretted. Some things are redeemable. So you have to know the difference between the two and praise God, go down the middle of the road and get happy. How many of you are still glad you came this morning? There's more to life than commiserating over what it is that you did wrong. You know, God knows about it, you know about it, the devil knows about it, but praise God, God wants you to take up a new chapter within your life. And, and move forward. Have this attitude that Paul talked about. You know, this guy, he killed people. He murdered Christians. He went places and, and looked for them and hauled them off to prison. Now, he's a bad guy. Now, he said, you know, praise God, I did it ignorantly and unbelief. A lot of us, we do a lot of stupid things. Huh? And thank God for his mercy and his grace. Those things are to be regretted because they do bring harm. They bring harm to you. They bring harm to the people around you. You know, but on the other hand, sometimes those are things that you can't turn around. Are you with me? But you can do something going forward. I'll just inject this right here, right now. I apologize to my wife quite regularly because when we were young, I did not know how to be a man. And I did some stupid things. And, you know, pretty frequently, I just say, honey, I am so sorry about, you know, treatment or, or, or neglect or whatever the case. It was just dumb. And I didn't know any better. Well, I'm making up for it now, baby. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? And I'd like to think I'm doing a pretty good job. But I just didn't know how many of you were ever there. Sure. You know, nobody taught me about, you know, being a man. Nobody taught me necessarily. You know, the world's definition of being a man is so dumb. You know, I mean, there, there is a, there is a uh, what would I call that? Uh, there is a, um, uh, I'm looking for the words coming. You know, sometimes, you know, you know how your, your, your computer will kind of like spool for a while because it's waiting or, or you're waiting. Yeah, but, um, uh, you know, there are some very, uh, okay, I got it, see? You know, um, 
there are qualities about a man that should be demonstrated when it comes to them being masculine. Does that, does that make sense to you? Okay. You know, you're the one, praise God, that has courage, takes courage, you know, takes the lead, does what needs to be done, fixes things. You know, you, you understand where I'm coming from, huh? But, but the world, it's this like macho thing. Are you listening to me? And there's a difference. I mean, and it's a subtle thing, but the thing about it is, is that a lot of times guys, you know, they just don't know the difference between the two. A lot of guys don't know how to be a gentleman to a woman. When's the last time you open up the car door for your wife? Ah, she can get in. We got that remote. Yeah, I just unlock it. Get in. Huh? Chivalry's not dead unless you want it to be. Are you with me? <laughs> this is awesome. <clears throat> it's true. Some of you guys... Let's see who we got in here. Some of you guys, your life could be a whole lot better in other places if you take care of some of the other things that I'm talking about. Do you need an interpretation for that? Huh? I'm just saying, you know. Some people, you know, they can't figure it out. Well, it's, there you go. That was a good piece of advice right there. Praise God. Glory to God. <clears throat> you know, the Amplified Bible of this verse of Scripture says, the Apostle Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God um, in Christ is calling us upward. He wants you to go up. He wants your life to be blessed. Praise God. He wants you to wake up in the morning and say, Father, I just want to thank you for my life being so blessed by you. Amen. How many of you know when you obey God, praise God, good things come to your life? Amen. You know, Israel is a great example of that. You know, when God can't, the Bible says this, it says, uh, I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians, or hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up. Everybody say, God wants to bring me up. He wants you to bring you up, praise God, so that there's not contention in your home. There's not confusion in your home. There's not strife in your home. There's no frustration in your home. It's a castle that is filled with the love of God, and it is possessed of peace. So that when you walk into it, you go, hallelujah, it's so good to be home. Because out there in the world, dude, it's not like that. Are you listening to me? So you create that. You're the one that creates it. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus came to lift people up. He came to lift you up. How many of you, your life is better because of Jesus? I was just talking to somebody here um, uh, just this last week, and we were talking about, you know, some concerns and things of that that they had, you know, and, and, and we're all susceptible to that. We want to, you know, sometimes focus on the negative, but I just turned the whole thing and I said, hey, man, think about what God has done for you since you started coming to this church. He goes, well, you know, that's right. And he started naming off these significant things 
of change that have occurred in his life. And I said, God's not through with you. I said, there's so much more that he has for you. Just be faithful and keep doing what it is that needs to be done. And I guarantee you that your life will be blessed. Hallelujah. We tell old people all the time, man, if you give us a year of, the, of your life in this church, it'll be different and it'll be better. Praise God. Because the truth will make you free. And I think about Jesus, you know, and how he's lifted us up and, and, and brought us to this place. Every one of you are blessed because of him. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So that's really what we need to be thinking about. Not what we don't have, what they didn't do. How come we did this or that or the whatever? No, man, dude, come on, get happy and have a good report. Every place Jesus went, he lifted people up. The woman of the well, you know, at the well, the Samaritan woman, I mean, he lifted her out. Think about the brokenness of this woman. She'd been married five times. She's shacking up with some guy. Her life is a mess. And he came along and started ta talking to her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you'd ask of him and he'd give you living water. Dude, her life was altered forever when she met Jesus. Are you listening to me? You know, there at the, the uh, pool of Bethesda, that guy, the Bible says, that, that you talk about getting lifted up. He'd been impotent in his feet from as, you know, as a child. For 38 years, he crawled around in everybody else's dirt and had no hope excepting, you know, to hold his hand out and hope that somebody would give him something. Jesus came along and said, do you want to be made whole? He says, well, I don't have anybody to throw me in the water, you know, when it's, when it's moving so that I can get healed. Somebody else comes down, they get it. He said, stand up on your feet. Jesus lifted this man up. He needed healing, praise God, and Jesus showed up to give him exactly what he needed. Can you say amen? And I tell you what, that same Jesus is doing that very thing today. Hallelujah. He comes to lift people up. The woman taken in adultery, he said, who's, who's condemning you? No, and she said, no one, Lord. And he says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Sin what, open up the door, what opens the door to people's trouble. What is sin? Sin is simply disobeying God. Are you listening to me? You know? Case in point, the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Did you know that? That's in the Bible. And it says, it goes on to say, uh, a matter of fact, I'm going to read it because I want to make sure I get it quoted properly. But it says this, honor your father and your mother. You know why people in this world right now are getting killed, murdered, they're this, that, and the other, and all kinds of things? You know, you look at Chicago, every week on the weekends, there'll be, I don't know, 35, 40, maybe up to 50 people that, that at least got shot. And then there'll be about six or seven of them that are no longer here. I mean, you know, how, how does this happen? Well, I think right here, this might be a sign. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. A lot of them don't even know who their parents are. They end up in gangs. They're, you know, they're having all kinds of problems and things like that. They don't really know what reality and truth is. And it ends up costing them their lives. It says to honor your parents or honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. 
that it may be well with you. You know, when you sit down with your kids, you say, honey, do you want it to be well with you? They'll go, yeah, mommy. You know, well, listen, you need to obey mommy and daddy. You need to honor what it is that we want to, you know, we want you to do because we want it to be well with you. And so you can live long on the earth. People's lives end up getting cut short. Are you with me? And it all started way back there. So parents, teach your children well. They need you. Now, you know, I mean, we went through the whole thing everybody does, you know, where they think, you know, kids get to a point where they think their parents don't know anything. How many of you can witness to that? Well, that's just part of it. Because there's a wild, woolly world out there telling them that they don't need the advice of their parents and they don't need to, you know, this or that or the whatever. They're their own person, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you just don't understand. and You know, all that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But we do know what we're talking about. Hallelujah. And so praise God. Uh, but if you'll teach them well, they'll be blessed. Glory to God. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm all over the place here. Praise God. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at this scripture with me. Let's turn to, look, look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 one more time with me here. Y'all glad you came today? Yeah. It's warm in here. Come on now. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15. And... Um, I want us to read this verse of Scripture, and here's the reason why I, I want to I preface this reading with regard to the need that, represent, that may be represented in your life, something that's going on, a challenge that you're facing, or, you know, this, that, or the other. Now, look at this verse of Scripture with me, if you would, in 57, 1557. It says, but thanks be unto God. Everybody say, thank you, God. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at that verse of Scripture in 57 there one more time with me. Notice it says, thanks be unto God, which... What's the next word? Gives us the victory. How? Through the Lord. What does that mean? That means that God, through his son, has given you victory. Not going to, but he has given you victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. When you got saved, everything changed. Now, if you don't do anything about it, that's on you. But I tell you what, you start cooperating with heaven and your life is going to go in a different direction. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. He's given it to you. You say, well, I don't, my life, there ain't no victory in my life. Well, it may not appear that way, but the Bible says that he's given it to you. Somebody, you know, you can get a notice in the mail. 
And it says, oh, by the way, and this is real, okay, this is not fake, because there's a lot of fake stuff that goes on. But this is a real situation where somebody in the mail, they, they send you a thing and they say, hey, uh, we have just discovered blah, 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 and we have deposited $100,000 into your checking account. How many of you could take that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you know. <clears throat> well, okay, so you get this letter, and maybe you go check it out, you know, and you make sure it's valid, you know, and it's real and everything. And they say, oh, yeah, it's real. came from this place, and, and the money's there. It's yours, you know. But if you never do anything to, you know, withdraw or take advantage of whatever it is that's been deposited within your account, guess what? It's never going to do you any good. And when we read in the scriptures that he has given us the victory, victory's yours. Say, yeah, but it doesn't look like it, doesn't feel like it, doesn't sound like it, you know, this and that and the other. Well, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is what he said. He's given you the victory through your Lord Jesus Christ. So what you start doing is you start saying, I believe the Bible. And I'm going to start saying what he says. And he says, I got the victory. Hallelujah. Now, maybe when you first start saying it, it'll sound a little hollow. You know, because you're looking at it going, it ain't looking like no victory. But he said, I've got the victory. And praise God, I'm going to start believing him. I'm going to start believing the word of God. You know, there were things, you know, that we had to believe God for when we had our, you know, started the church. We didn't have nothing. We had nothing. Nye, as my little Norwegian son-in-law would say, nothing. We didn't have nothing, but we had a dream in our heart. We had a call on our life, and God said, you know what? I'm going to do something to rock the world in which you live, and this is what I want you to do. And so we took off. You know, sometimes we, you know, we think we've got to have all this stuff. You don't have to have nothing, dude. You can, I mean, we met in somebody's house. Then we went to another house. You know, and we're down in the basement there, and then we came out, and we found that building over there, you know, and, and away we went. And people, you know, they didn't believe in what we were doing, but I tell you what, God did. I said, God did. And there's dreams that God has placed within your heart. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, praise God, He wants you to have good success in whatever your endeavors may be. Hallelujah. Especially when they're intended to glorify Him. Are you with me? Hallelujah. He said he'd give you the desires of, his, of your heart, but he said, put first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be what? Added to you. Glory to God. What a life there is in Christ Jesus. But he's given you the victory. You know, you may be wrestling with some kind of an addiction or whatever the case might be. Christ gave you the victory. Are you with me? You know, and it's just a matter of us choo uh, choosing, you know, to follow him. If we're to be established and settled in this life, we're going to have to choose to believe God's word. Did you hear me? It's a choice. You know, a lot of people say, well, no, that's not what the Bible says. God didn't promise you that. You can't do that. You know, you can't do it. You got to stop listening to them and start listening to him. Are you with me? Because that's where the blessing of God is. You know, <clears throat> I can only speak from my own experience, but when my, she wasn't my wife then, but when we gave our heart to Christ, we gave him everything. I mean, all of it. And you know, when she got saved before I did, you know, she, you know, 
her, her, the thing that drove her in her commitment to Christ is, is she recognized how much God loved her, and she was not willing for one moment to lose the peace that she had in her heart, you know, as he had given it to her to go back into the world. So she just told me, you're done. Adios, amigo. You know? Well, I thought they brainwashed her, you know? Well, they did, kind of. But thank God it was a good, good bath. Sometimes we need our brains washed. Are you listening to me? So I'm chasing her for all the wrong reasons, but I bump into Jesus. Now I'm faced with a decision. What am I going to do? Did you notice I didn't get saved on her faith? I got saved on mine. Are you with me? You know, I wasn't, I wasn't living my life in Jesus vicariously through her. I had to make my own decision. And then I had to face the decision that I may never spend the rest of my life with her. And I'm okay with that. Why? Because I love him. And when you decide that you're going to love him more than anything else, then I tell you what, life will be a whole lot different. And he will give you things. I mean, I got my wife, got my woman. But I didn't know that. And, and sometimes, you know, people, I was talking to Gary Crowell, you know, when he was here for our deal. And, uh, and uh, he was, I don't know where he was. He might have been in Singapore at the time. But the Lord spoke to him and said, would you go back and be the uh, dean for Rama? Now, he'd already been the dean once. And being a dean for a Bible school is, is, is not the most glorious. People think it might be glorious, but sometimes it's not glorious at all. And, and so the Lord just came to him and said, would you go back and be the dean? He goes, nope. Uh-uh, no. And he said for a year, he wrestled with that. And he finally, he thought, you know, I don't know, maybe I may have to, I don't know, but, but, but I want to pass the test. So he made an adjustment in his heart, and he said, God, if you want me to go do that, I'll do it. And God had him go back and do it, you know. Uh, Miss Hagen called him up on the phone, and he said, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Amen. If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. Huh? Sometimes people, are, sometimes people are obedient, all right, but they're not real willing. Just smile at your neighbor. Say, Glory to God, this is good. None of you did that. Would you please, you know, obey me. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to love him more than you do anything else. Huh? gets quiet. We, you know, when, when we got saved, when I got saved, I mean, we loved him more than we did our old way of life. I've shared with you before. I was in a bar. He says, you don't belong here. I said, you're right. I'm out. But a lot of folks, they want to stay with it because it caters to their flesh. Are you with me? You know, there's nothing wrong with a little partying. Some people come out of the world you know, and, and they'll be all in with Jesus, but then they hang out with the wrong people, they start listening to the wrong advice and voices, and pretty soon they're right back in the whole stinking mess. Are you listening to me? Flee, my friend, and don't ever go back. 
Are you listening to me? You know, I mentioned this to you earlier, but, you know, when we first got married, when we finally, you know, were engaged to be married, I didn't know how to treat her. Well, I was, I was gaining. Excuse me a minute. I was gaining, you know, but uh, I felt so ashamed. I don't, you know, I just, when I look back on it, I'm just, I think about, gosh, you know, I mean, it was like, duh. But, you know, I didn't know how many guys sometimes don't know. Okay. Some of you are still clueless. Okay, well, anyway, you know, um, like this, for example. What, by definition, what is biblical love? I mentioned it to you a little bit earlier. Love doesn't insist on its own rights or its own ways. Well, I don't know about that. Hey, buddy. That's what it says. Huh? You know, putting or preferring someone else, I think, is biblical. Huh? You know? Well, enough about that. You can do whatever you want. I have heaven on earth now. Amen? I can argue with her on the way here about the road conditions, and we can still stay happy. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Huh? And here's another thing, you know, that, that we found in the Scriptures that, that as a couple, together, we could have good success. And I tell you what, we went after it. That's God's promise. Are you listening to me? And we've done life together because we've seen what was in the Bible. And praise God, we didn't allow anything to torpedo our relationship with one another. Are you with me? The Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence. Are you listening to me? You know, and then, you know, um, for out of it flows the issues of life. So if you, if you want to hang on to something, give consideration to how costly that might be before you uh, keep going with that. Because I can tell you right now, it's not worth it. Are you with me? This is really good stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, and here's the other thing about it. We did it together. I see a lot of people now, and I um, have to be careful about how I say this, but it's true. We live in a culture where, well, let's go back. It used to be that people that cohabited with one another was absolutely socially unacceptable. But now we live in a culture, we've, we've went so far past that, that, I mean, we're, we're, you talk about being in the weeds about morality and what it is that's right and wrong. I mean, we're a long ways from there. Are you listening to me? But here's what I know. God has prescribed how it is that we are to relate with and toward one another within parameters. Are you with me? And when you decide... And uh, uh, that's, that's old-fashioned. That's this. It might be old-fashioned, buddy, but it started a long time ago. And it comes with consequence. And here's the other thing that I really uh, don't care for is um, <laughs> a lot of times in relationships, people want to eat the fruit, but they don't want to take care of the tree. Does that make sense to you? And it's wrong. I, I want men to have character. 
I want them to be upstanding and treat their um, person right. Are you with me? And some of it, you know, it's it, some of it, people have relationships out of convenience. And I don't believe that that is the way that God intended for a, a woman, a man, and a woman to live. I believe that He intended for them to commit to one another. Are you with me? And do life together. And, you know, this probably smacks in the face of a lot of stuff and attitudes and things, you know, that people have right now. But I didn't make the rules up. And, and people wonder why they have the problems that they do in their life. It's because they're doing wrong. Am I, am I in the right house? You know, you can't get the blessing of God doing life your own way. But I tell you what, you sure enough can praise God, get things straightened out, start doing stuff right. Come on. And the blessing of God will come. So I say all of this to bring to a close simply to say, when we obey God, he gets involved in our lives. And why would we want to do that? Because he gave his life for you. He gave his life so that you could have life. And dear friends, I, you know, these things are not intended to condemn. Now, if there's conviction in your heart because you're not doing right, well, then I think I've done my job. And that may not be popular, but, you know, the Bible talks about correction huh, and reproof. Let's, let's do it right. You know, well, um, I'm going to get my eraser out, and I want to erase that part of the message, you know, because that's not something that I'm really interested in. It's all part of it, you guys. And why am I sharing it with you? Because I want people to get settled. I want them to be established. And that way, when hell shows up on their doorstep, there is no place for him. Are you with me? And you can stand your ground, praise God, in the name of Jesus and succeed. But when we got stuff in our life and guilt in our life and wrong in our life and stuff like that, you know, you can... You, you can make these changes. Are you with me? You know? Yes, it takes character. A lot of times people lived, I remember uh, maybe, eh, probably at least 20 years ago. Um, I watched a bunch of our youth graduating from high school and going and getting a house and living together, not, not sexually, but in the same, cohabiting in the same house and, and they weren't, uh, uh, there was no relationships between them, but they were under the same roof. Dude, that's not God. That's not God. And they do it because of economics. You know, you want to go live someplace on your own? Go find some other girls. Or guys. And keep the two separate. You know? Last thing a guy needs to do is see a bunch of bras and underpants and everything hanging around all over the place. And, you know, what? I mean, come on. What, you know, women are different than men. I don't know if you knew that or not, but they are. And I tell you what, to put your kid or a lot. Now, when they get that age, they have their own choosing. They can decide whatever they want to do. But I'm telling you what, don't you dare condone it. Say, man, you're kind of being hard here, aren't you? Just stating the facts, ma'am. You know, you want to be blessed? 
Keep your foot out of sin. And that's the thing. It opens the door to behaviors that are less than pleasing to heaven. <laughs> I bet you never thought that this is what you'd hear today. Huh? Immorality, listen everybody, immorality is killing our nation. You want to know why the, why the door has been unleashed in our world? It's because of that. The Bible says that men become vain in their imaginations. And they just, they put it all away and, uh, and they don't listen to God. And they do whatever they want. And that is why hell has showed up on our doorstep. And really the answer to it is repentance. You say, well, I don't like that very much. Well, that's, I can't help that. And repentance means that we, from our hearts, recognize the error of our way and we turn. Does, is that difficult? Yeah, it can be very difficult. Does it represent something within our character when it comes to that choice? Yes, it does. It certainly does. When my wife said, you know, I love Jesus more than I do you, that, so consequently, we're done, that took character. She loved me, but she loved him more. And that's the way that we have to live our lives. Isn't that right? You know, sometimes you've got to love your spouse more than yourself. Huh? Well, I'm not putting up with this. There you go. You don't have to, but there's a consequence. You hear this all the time. I didn't sign up for this. Maybe you should have looked things over before you signed. Huh? So is that an out? You know? Through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, that house gets filled with all pleasant, pleasant treasures and blessing. God has a way in which for us to live. Amen? You say, well, how come everybody else wasn't here? You know, I mean, how come we're the ones that had to receive this? I don't know. They're maybe out there watching. I don't know. You know, don't, don't get nervous. If it doesn't apply to you, you don't have to worry about it, right? But here's the thing. Somebody needs to proclaim the truth. And maybe you're not in the situation that I've just described, but at least now you've heard, and hopefully in the context of what the Scriptures say, you agree. So it can fortify you in your life so that you don't acquiesce and just say, well, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know. You know? Yeah, I know. But I tell you what, God's got a better way. And it's awesome. So let's all stand. That's enough. Wow. Preacher's been really preaching. Hallelujah. I want to give you a moment. Uh, if you'd just bow your heads with me for a moment. And um, even those of you that may be watching um, um, through the Internet, let's just bow our heads for just a moment here, and let's give ourselves an opportunity. Father, we're so grateful to you. We thank you for your prescribed word. We thank you, Father God, for, hallelujah, the hidden treasures that are found within it that brings blessing to our lives as we obey you, Father. God, I know you want our lives to be established. I know, Father, that you want us to be settled 
strong in you and in the power of your might. And so God, I ask you to empower these people to help them recognize, Father, that victory is theirs. It belongs to them. That whatever it is, Father, that may be plaguing their life, thank God it cannot stay in Jesus' name. That strife must go. That unforgiveness cannot stay. And Father God, these other things that we've talked about, I thank you, Lord, that by your power and by your strength, they can remove them from their lives as an act of their own decision and choice and enjoy the blessing of heaven. Father, you said in your word to never allow corrupt communication to come out of our mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying. Lord, put a guard and a watch over our lips so that nothing evil is ever spoken from our lips towards those we love. And Father, I just thank you for your blessing in the house. That Father God, the church is growing and is becoming strong and stalwart in you. That Father God, that sin has no place, but rather Father God, righteousness and truth are prevailing. And I wanna thank you, Father God, for your blessing. Strengthen, Father, strengthen those here within the sound of my voice, those that may be watching, Father, by the internet. Strengthen them, Father God, to do your will. God, I thank you, Lord, for helping them. If house cleaning needs to take place, that, Father, they don't wait for one moment to do what is necessary and needed. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in every home, every life, because, God, we're preparing ourselves for your coming. And glory to God, we wanna make sure, praise God, that when you come, we're ready. Hallelujah. While every head's bowed, every eye's closed, even those of you perhaps watching by internet, you know, if some of the things that I shared maybe were a little bit challenging or difficult this morning, you know, understand, praise God, that God loves us with an everlasting love. He loves you, and He wants the best for you. And sometimes there's just some, you know, housekeeping, cleaning, whatever you want to call it, it needs to take place. So while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, not to be seen by anyone. But if in your heart you know that there's an area in your life that needs to be corrected, hallelujah. Normally I'd just say by your uplifted hand, say, Pastor, I have an interest in your prayer. But rather than that, I just want you for just a moment to take your own time with him and say, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. I ask you, Father God, I repent and I ask you to help me. And Father, I just thank you for coming to men and women right now to make adjustments within their hearts and to help them, Father, to see their way, the way in which you would have them to go. Thank you, Father, for making them strong. Thank you, Father God, for helping them to have character and Father, to do the things that needs to be done in order for their lives to be blessed. I thank you for that, Father. Yes, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, even those that may be in the comfort of your own homes, if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, dear friend, there is a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And the Bible says that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved. And if you've never made that decision, if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, then now would be a time. Give him all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. 
and let him reach down and bless your life. Father, I pray for those that are within the sound of my voice that may not know you. And God, I pray that they'll ask, yes, ask you, Father, to forgive them and come into their heart and be the Lord of their life. And God, I want to thank you for your promise to them that you'll do just that. Glory to God. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Those of you that may be watching, if you made that decision, we would love to hear from you. You can go to myfc.com or myfcinfo.com or no, myfc.info. <laughs> you probably are as confused as I am now. Myfc.info. And in that, you can respond. And we would love to hear that you had made a decision, a conscious decision to receive Christ. And we'd like to help you. We'd send you some materials and help you get started in your walk with him. So we hope that you'll do that. If you'd take your uh, uh, communion element out.